0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the It's Over podcast. I am Patrick, and I'm here with my co-host, Richard. Today, we brought on our good friend, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Hello. So, Jerry, just now, you were talking to us about how you're on dating apps. And how is a handsome young man like you not have a girlfriend?
1: (laughs) Okay. I... In general, I never really prioritized having a girlfriend or uh, looking for romance because I think it kind of just brings you a lot of unnecessary drama, especially in high school. And um, I think a lot of people try to rush their, like, romantical maturity to get a relationship because there's so much, like, societal pressure Um but I was very open to just letting it come when it does. So like you know like as we grow up and go into college and become adults, we all mature at our own rates. And I just think it's better to just like just (laughs) just let some girl throw themselves at you instead of going (laughs) for that. (laughs) You know, I'm not like I have goals, I'm not trying to like chase some girl. So what are you doing on those dating apps? Yeah, so um, I, I've always been honestly really introverted. I would like say my, I would call myself like a socially functioning introvert. So when, when I'm in social situations, I can like do pretty well, but um, I honestly don't really like going out of my way to like hang out with people or like talk to people right? So because of that, I text nobody, <laughs> like, at all. So I, I consider texting to be, like, a skill, too. Because um, a lot of people know how to text in ways that would, like, make people feel like they have an instant connection with you. Or um, make just text in a way that makes people feel, like, very welcome, right? And in general, I think... Uh, I have a lot to improve in terms of, like, making conversation with people. And I think it's a really valuable skill that um, a lot of people overlook. You know, like, we invest a lot of resources into, like, studying for academics. And we invest resources into studying for extracurriculars, like uh, like playing an instrument or, like, dancing. But honestly, you can invest resources into social skills and get better at it too right so what I've been doing is um I've been watching TED talks about building relationships with people and being good at talking to strangers and making them open up to you and I, I like take notes on it and then I try to use it in real time with uh, girls on dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier you had an index card
2: and what did you write on that? I I think you mentioned, like, uh, one or two points, but what were the <laughs> most important takeaways?
1: Yeah, so, um, There's seven steps on this index card. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I can really only apply, like, five of them because, you know, there's a lot of human connection that's lost in texting because you don't see each other face-to-face. But... Um, so she mentioned asking personal questions, such as where do you come from? Where does your family live? You should find the common points and not be negative. You should give unique, genuine compliments. Um, and the, the speaker also added that, like, some people have compliments that they're, like, immune to. You know, like, they, they get that compliment so much that when somebody says it to them, it basically means nothing to them. And I think everybody has this, too. Like, uh, for Richard, I bet for you it would be like, oh, Richard, you're so smart. Or like, wow, you're so ahead of us, you know. <laughs> I think he probably gets that all the time, so it's like nothing to him. But, you know, Richard, mm-hmm. I, I really admire you because I think that you see a lot of opportunity in little things in life. Like little interests and in hobbies that people wouldn't pay attention to put more effort to, and you do. And I really admire that about you.
2: Is that you putting the technique into practice right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> me,
1: like that's a unique, genuine wow. compliment. You know, I feel like I felt, that's something. Yeah. that... yeah, yeah. I dude. would have dated you just now. <laughs> Bro,
2: stop. He it. got me. He got me, man. <laughs> okay. I would have swiped right. So I, w- I would have already swiped right and then been in the conversation with you. And then I would have said, "Let's go on a date right now."
1: Yeah, <laughs> you were like, "All right, here's my number. FaceTime me." <laughs> but
2: what what you said was was very correct. I think a lot of people get used to these comments. Um, I bet for girls, it's about their appearance. Like, "Wow, you look really yeah. pretty today." And it's overly cliche, and people are immune to that. It's no longer unique anymore. So you know what?
1: But there's you can still convey like the same message, like, "Oh, you're really pretty," but you can just do it in a way that's unique. And I mean, everybody has like something that they care about a lot, you know? So um, for one girl, you could try to like focus specifically on her skin quality, be like, wow, honestly, you're <laughs> really pretty, but I've never seen a girl with such healthy skin. Like, can you send me your skincare routine? And maybe she was kind of self-conscious about her skin or like Skincare is something that she's really into. And then, you know, like you tapped in right there.
0: (laughs) You have really nice skin.
1: Yeah. You know, like for some people, that's like a, that's like something they care about a lot. Hmm. Or like eyebrows or um, maybe their hairstyle, you know. It's like, you know, that that book, um, how to win friends and influence people.
0: I hate that book.
1: Yeah, I was too lazy to read it. No, like... I like that book. I didn't... know, like, I just don't have it and I never bothered to go buy it. But I read a summary that said, like, oh, it's basically just um, try to find what people care about and, like, talk about it.
2: Right. Wait, Patrick, you hate that book, though? You hate that book? Okay,
0: what Jerry was talking about is that to keep people interested in the conversation, you keep the conversation on them. So you're you have to be interested in them because it says that people love talking about themselves. Yeah. But Richard, going back, okay, I hate that book because I think it totally (laughs) goes about human relationships the wrong way. Okay, if you even think about the title, How to Win Friends, like the way you win (laughs) trophies or the way you win competitions, I think it sees human relationships and human friendships as a thing you have to win, as a thing that... You have to conquer and it totally ignores the fact that human relationships are inherently ones of cooperation and when i was reading the book i almost felt like i was gaining tools on how to manipulate people because one of the (laughs) topics would be ask them questions about themselves okay so now if i go out and i talk to people am i actually interested in them am i actually trying to connect with them or am i just trying to get them to like me am i trying to win them am i trying to influence them?
1: I mean, I feel like it's it's um it's like up to how you use it, right? Cause it's not like you you have to just um I guess like use it in a selfish advantage advantageous way. Like I'm sure you go out and you see some people and you think like, oh, that person seems cool. Like I'd want to be friends with them. It it doesn't have to be so black and white. But you know what? That that's a good great segue into my fifth tip on TED Talk, which is ask for simple opinions. So so Richard, do you also like this book? I I like it, yeah. You like it. So so was there anything that Patrick said that like you didn't agree with? I guess like I I I see
2: his point, but I also think that you know the tips that he gives are just something to keep in mind and you don't have to consciously employ them to, you know, brainwash, like, or not not, not brainwash, <laughs> but to control people and, like, uh-huh. how their reactions will be and how they like you and perceive you. I think, that, I think that his general philosophy is a good idea to keep in mind in that you don't want to be self-centered and it would be a good idea to just, like, naturally bring the focus back onto the other person if you happen to be talking about you know, your side of the equation all the time. So, I mean, it could go both ways. I think it's just something good to keep in the back of your mind, though.
1: Mm, Yeah. And honestly, I I feel like for any social, um, I guess, like, any type of information you have on, like, human behavior, I feel like it kind of goes that way. Because... In a sense, I'm kind of doing the same thing with my TED talks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like taking notes on um, how to connect with people, and really, like, I could also use it to manipulate people, and I'm trying to like put it into practice. Yeah. Um, okay, so but wait, going back to going back to the
2: dating apps though, have you had any? what have you did, have you gotten any like responses in terms of what you've learned and like has it been helpful
1: yeah actually i i do think my texting game improved a lot um <laughs> and i think <laughs> i think a big part of that is just because i was so in, open to like changing the way i was doing things or like um playing around with how i was texting people at first you know like I, I, there were times where, like, I thought I was doing a really bad job and I was like, oh, like, I gotta, I gotta, like, switch up how I'm doing it, Um, just because sometimes the conversation didn't go so well, but I think, (laughs) I kind of just realized that sometimes um, people are not necessarily interested in talking to you, and there's, like, no... There's, like, no right word you can say to, like, fix it, you know? If they don't want to talk to you, then it sh- that's just how it is.
0: But also, what you're talking about, how a lot of the human connection gets lost in the text. I totally agree with you, because I feel like mm-hmm. most of an interaction, most of a conversation is that eye contact and that body language. And over text, you lose all of that. So I do yeah. think texting, at the end of the day, is still a substandard form of communication, Oh for sure. And I know, no, I'm awful at texting. I'm with you there, Jerry. I think <laughs> I never text people, and when I do, I text in sentence fragments. Do you have you? Are you texting these girls in full
1: sentences? What are you doing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a we beard use at full them? sentences. I mean, I kind of like. <laughs> I'm low key like I. I'll like try to like. Um, try to like match the the style that they're texting you know like some girls are very formal and they just text like they're writing an essay and some girls are like all over the place throwing in emojis everywhere like every single word is an acronym or like a slang i try to like match it a little bit but i wouldn't like go so far to like completely copy it because then i kind of feel like a tool (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs)
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think you have to adjust your conversation game for different people, for sure.
1: I mean, I, I just think it's, like, a skill. Um, I, You know, like, a lot of dudes will complain that, um, oh, like, girls only like assholes or, you know, like, they don't like mm. nice guys. But, you know, the truth is, like, a- okay, like, asshole guys are the most... Are like the guys who are most likely to like go out of their way to like talk to a woman, right? And the reason they get girls isn't because girls like assholes. It's because they put in so much practice talking to girls. Like they know the right things to say. It's, it's really like a skill, you know? And I'm not saying like you should put in work to like get good at manipulating girls. But my point is just that um, human connection is something that you can also learn.
0: Yeah, and I do think learning mostly comes from practice. And these TED Talk videos are a good starting point. But then but then actually texting them, actually talking to them, that's where most of the learning happens, is what I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because do, do you guys watch TED Talk videos at all? Yeah, big time. Occasionally, yeah. Richard gave a TED Talk. Wait, what? I can find you on YouTube?
2: So not exactly TED Talk, but basically what happened is I'm at I was at NYU and they had this audition for giving mm-hmm. a TED talk because we have a TEDx NYU conference every year. So I submitted my like script and that was like my audition basically. And then out of like a couple, like a lot of people, like I was selected to give a, a give a short talk. So it was like a 10-15 mm-hmm. minute talk. And If you won that, then you would get into the conference, but um, I did not win that, (laughs) but I still got to give a speech in front of like a hundred people. And that was a really cool experience though.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, But we were talking about like listening to text TED talks. I think um, we all like, we all watch them and we think like, oh, like these ideas are really cool. Like these are all things that I could be doing better. Right. Or like, I could implement into my own life. But they don't really become your skills unless you actually, like, try to use it or, like, put it into practice. So that's basically what I'm, I've been doing. Yeah. But the
2: hardest part, though, is getting people to reciprocate. Because I feel mm-hmm. like on these dating apps, sometimes you might go into it um, really enthusiastic. Like, you'll start a conversation, you'll be very witty, and then the other person be on the opposite end sitting on the toilet pooping and not giving a damn about
1: whatever you have to say so it's really a two-way game i i mean that's part of like the skill you know it's it's Mm. like even through like you you might initially be very disappointed that um they're not reciprocating but i think that's also a lesson that you're learning right Um, right i guess
2: so yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, I think responding to failure in itself is a skill, and ideally there will come a point where you jump right up after failure, and you just, you learn from it and you move on without getting Mm -hmm. hung up on it, and I think that is something you also learn with practice.
1: Um, I'm not saying, like, dudes should go on dating apps um, and, like, get good at talking to girls or whatever, because... Honestly, I don't think it's the most healthy environment for men in general, but I I do see that there's stuff I can learn in like everything I do, even the failures. So that's kind of just how I think about it.
0: I think learning how to talk to people and learning how to start conversations is something that I've been trying to teach myself over a really, really long time because I would also consider myself more of an introvert. I My natural tendency is to not really talk to people. But I think mm-hmm. that now, I am pretty open to starting conversations. And I do feel pretty comfortable just randomly going up to people and talking to them. Unless they're a cute girl. And then it's like I'm talking to an <laughs> alien.
1: You know <laughs> what? You should try it, Patrick. I, I think... Um, so, like... I in college I've like approached a couple of cute girls. Um like with with the intention of asking them out, you know. I I'm not trying to be like a friend, you know, like more than that. <laughs> but honestly, I so I got <laughs> Bro, this is so funny. Okay. I <laughs> I asked out I asked out three girls that I thought were cute. Um they, they didn't work out every single time. So one of them, one of them had a boyfriend. Uh, the other one had a boyfriend. And then one of them said she was down to be friends, but not boyfriend. Or like not go on a date, you know. But honestly, I, I don't really think it mattered. Like each time I did it, I was like super, super happy with myself. Even though like I, I like didn't accomplish my goal, I guess. I think it felt super super good and super like empowering just that i had i had like an urge to say something and then i just did it like sh- like straight up after i got rejected by the girl i did as like felt like i was the king of the world i was like holy shit. <laughs> this life life is like in my hands like i can like <laughs> i determine what happens you know it's like honestly just just go do it it, it feels good i think no i does. get that
2: because there have been so many times where like, while I was in school, uh, I, I'm, let's say I, I go into the cafeteria and I don't have any friends around, um, mm-hmm. and then I think to my, in the back of my head, you know, maybe I should just make a new friend, and I really play with it for a little bit, and I'm just like really hesitant. But yeah. every time I do go up to someone and sit down next to them and say hi, I feel elated, and I, I feel like, yeah. Same feeling. King of the world. I feel great. <laughs> I accomplished something yeah. and I got I put my mind over my body. So that's really <laughs> the mentality to the end. It's something simple like just saying yeah, saying hi. It's so yeah. it's so easy. Yeah.
0: Alright Dre, what's up? what else is on that index card of yours? Or do we hit the end?
1: Oh yeah, there was one uh step I didn't get a go over yet and it's um name place animal thing so the tip is that you should remember these four things about somebody you should try to like say it back to them so be like oh richard that's that's so cool that you just graduated from NYU how's your life you know you could you could just say how's your life but then like it's good to like reiterate those because it makes people feel like um, like you're you like remember stuff about them and like you're important to them what's the animal part oh animal is like like about their pets <laughs> cuz like oh. people really like their pets i thought it was like a
2: spirit animal or some like nah. crazy you know yeah spirituals you know <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. go on oh so richard
0: richard i heard you just graduated from nyu how's your dog <laughs>
2: so Patrick I heard that you're unemployed now (laughs) so you have to you have to associate with
1: positivity though yeah I think it applies more to like acquaintances not like best friends or childhood friends you know because this is like Mm. common information like no-brainer like we know these things about each other yeah
0: yeah but I think even with someone like Richard, we have been friends for a long time. But I remember the first time he came back from NYU, I didn't realize that he had gone to NYU. So when I was just <laughs> hanging out with him, I was like, Richard, what, what's up, man? He said, oh, I just got back from New York. And I said, what? And he said, oh, yeah, I go to school <laughs> in New
1: York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I did that like at the beginning of this call. I was like, oh, I forgot. Like he, he graduated already. Like, he's he's already an adult. Like, he's looking for a real job. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hard to put in the work beforehand, but it's very, very noticeable for sure if you point out their name, whatever they're up to, their spirit animal. I'm, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff, man. I definitely, like, when you, when you were even talking about the example of, like, em- employing this technique into practice, like, I did feel... A noticeable change
1: oh yeah
0: i saw richard light up as you complimented him i guess you can't you can't hear it when you're just listening to the podcast but he started blushing yeah.
2: his face lit up in a smile he showed his teeth it, it a felt thing. like the heavens opening up on me and i just married someone stop feeling but speaking of like Going out of your comfort zone and, like, learning how to talk to people. Jerry, you also joined a dance team in your first year of college at UC Riverside, right? Yeah. So what was, like, the motivation behind that? Same thing,
1: I guess. Meeting people, going out of your comfort zone. Um, I think that one was a little bit different because in high school, I had, I had like, pushed myself out of my comfort zone a lot of times. Um, I would always, like, set very random goals for myself and like set out to accomplish it and um and i would like go to concerts alone by myself and like make it a goal to push myself to like talk with somebody um but with dance it was always something that i wanted to learn and honestly just watching um the dance team at diamond bar high school I I had moments watching it where I was, like, so pumped up, so, like, excited just from watching it. That I was, like, um, I'm, like, feeling something different about this, you know? And then when I started actually pushing myself to dance, I think I had that same energy where, like, I knew my attitude about this was a little bit different than just pushing myself out of my comfort zone. It was more like... Um, you know, especially with dance, I feel like there's such a high barrier of entry because, um, it kind of directly correlates to like your confidence. And, um, there's just a lot about dance that honestly people don't know about unless you're in the community. Um, so I think it's pretty hard for like people who are not in dance, into dance at all to like just get into it. But I always had the attitude that um, this was, like, something I had to, like, learn. Like, I I would not be happy with myself if I kind of just, like, gave up on it because I didn't feel comfortable doing it or whatever. So, um, I think I was a lot more hard about myself on getting through, like, feelings of wanting to quit and to just, like, keep pushing forward. When you say
0: that, you felt something beyond just wanting to try something outside your comfort zone. Could you expand on that? Did you feel an immediate connection to dance?
1: Bro, it's just like, I've be watching dance teams perform, and I'm in the audience going like, Oh shit, like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, like, you know, I, was, I like turned into a fucking chimpanzee. I was like, oh, 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 oh. That, That's why your Instagram stories,
2: it. uh, <laughs> Where, like, you post about, like, you're, you're, you're in the audience and you're just saying, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: damn! And, and they're, like... <laughs> you yeah, go crazy. You go stupid. I know. I was, like, screaming my, my lungs out um, watching this, a dance competition. Yeah. So, I could feel that I was really pumped about it. And, um, honestly, I, I got a lot of encouragement from some friends who were on the dance team. And, like, they would... They were very open about like supporting me and like cheering me on. Even though looking back now, I can tell I know like I did not look good. <laughs> like I looked really bad dancing, and like they were just trying to give me a space where I felt comfortable to keep doing it. And I think that honestly did play a really big role in me um, being more open to like pushing myself to get out there and like learn it. That's the thing, though. I think the
2: dance community is incredibly supportive. I yeah. I don't have much experience in it, but during the summer when I was in New York, uh, I, I went to a dance studio uh, called House of Movement, and the environment was just so vibrant and supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, people from all walks of life and different backgrounds, different experience levels uh, all came together. And you know, at the end, there's, like, usually, like, once you learn the choreo, there's the part yeah. where, like, people, what is it called? Like, people, like, uh, selects or something, or, like, they go uh-huh. and try, they they, they they go and perform, basically, in front of everyone. And uh, regardless of your experience level, if you go up, people will cheer for you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's such an incredibly nice environment to be in. And another thing that you mentioned that was really interesting was that it's a lot about confidence, right? Because mm-hmm. the way you dance is really, really dependent on how how confident you are in your body and and how your image it looks and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. going in, you said you're pretty introverted, and uh, how did you how did you embrace that? How did you become more confident?
1: You know, I I was I'm introverted, but I kind of think. For me, that just pertains to like a lot of situations where, like, I don't, like you said, Patrick, I don't really feel the urge to like go talk to the people or like I don't feel the urge to socialize. But um, in terms of confidence, I've always been a confident person. Honestly, like borderline cocky, um, <laughs> yeah. and I think I think cockiness is something that's really good that people (laughs) that like gets a bad I mean okay you know like obviously there's like douchebag cocky people but I think um just like that emotion in general it's a really good thing that like people always frame as being bad so even when I was like a garbage dancer and and even now when I'm like a less garbage dancer um, I would still see, <laughs> like, expert dancers performing. And I would think to myself, like, yeah, I can do better than that. I just need, like, a couple years to practice. <laughs> but, you know, if it matters to me and I think I can do it, then I I can do it, right? Like, then I think I can be better than them if I just put in the work. Um, and I think that cockiness is part of the confidence I had in um, me like making myself get out there and dance, even though I knew I didn't look good, even though I was really uncomfortable. And did you have that same feeling when you
0: got rejected from girls, just that elation that you're trying something new?
1: Um, Or is it a different feeling? (laughs) No, not the same. (laughs) 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 I mean... I mean, I think with girls, my <laughs> I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, next time. But then <laughs> with dance, it was, like, much more passionate. Like, um, for instance, in college, uh, the dance team I'm on was actually the second team I auditioned for. The first team I wanted to get in, I didn't make it in. Um, <laughs> and my reaction to that was, like, way more dramatic. I... I was really, really sad because um, I really put in like 110% of my effort to like, like practice the choreo and the audition and everything. And um, I'm always somebody where like, I like to believe that if I put in all the effort and all the work that's required, then I can just do it. Looking back now, that was really dumb because I didn't have a chance of making it in that team. Like, I was not <laughs> even close at that level. But I was, like, super sad. And then, and then like, I, I felt, like, such a burning desire to, like, practice. I was like, holy. Wait, am I allowed to cuss on this? Did I already
0: cuss? No, you're good. Yeah. No, yeah, you can cuss. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I was like, oh, my God, bro. I'm going to fucking practice so hard until, like, I'm like better than everybody on that team and they're they're gonna like they're gonna see me next year and be like, holy shit, like what the <laughs> fuck happened? <laughs> so yeah. I think and then there's like the everyday failure I felt with dancing, which was just like you know, okay. With with how I learned dancing, I think it was like a very um I didn't do it the right way and what I mean is like normally when you were okay um, I would compare dance to like a language so when you learn a language you have to learn like basic vocabulary and then you have to learn like sentence structure and then you can start like fucking around with it and like talking to strangers and like um, rapping or like you know saying poetry right I I think that's pretty similar to dance where like you have like foundational moves, which is like your basic vocabulary. And then you learn how to groove it to songs, which is like learning sentence structure and grammar. And then you learn like easy choreos and then you can start like being super advanced and like going off in competitions. I didn't I didn't learn dance like that. I just went into a class to learn choreo, which is which is like I would say like at, at advanced level. And then I just, I just like kept doing that (laughs) until I learned it, like kind of like brute forcing my way in. Could you remind me what the original question was?
0: Um, (laughs) was getting broken, was getting rejected, a similar feeling (laughs) to?
1: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I kind of went off on a tangent. I was like, no, but tell tell us about,
2: tell us about the process though. Like, yeah, you mentioned it's kind of like learning a language. So you yeah. went into it, trying to not learning the fundamentals, but trying to learn choreo, and
1: yeah what what um, happened i don't i I always um just like my attitude was, I don't know what the right way to learn this is right now, but um I'm just gonna go out there and do what I think works, even if I know it's not right because I'm still like trying it, which is better than doing nothing right, so um. I think I explained this to you, Richard, but the way I like really kickstarted myself to learn dancing was um, in Shanghai. I just found this dance studio and then um, I just bought a one week pass and then I made myself take every single class from open to close, no matter what um, dance genre it was and no matter what like class level it was. So a lot of, like, the classes I would get into were, like, advanced classes that I was, like, clearly not meant for. But my attitude was, like, okay, I mean, if I'm there and, like, trying, even if I'm, like, barely getting anything, I'm still, like, improving, right? So Mm -hmm. I think because I learned like that, um, I, I had, like, a lot of times where... It was just, it was like straight up just like not fun. Like <laughs> I was in there like, um, like struggling and like feeling embarrassed, but I knew like, okay, like I just have to like keep doing this and I'll get there eventually. And, um, that's kind of, um, pushed me to like, I think it's pushed me to be a lot more diligent with practicing dancing than most people are because, Normally, with the way you would learn, um, like, learning foundations and, like, learning how to groove that to songs, you're, like, you're basically, like, building up there. So, um, you wouldn't need to be as hard on yourself to learn it. And I think the whole process would be, like, much more fun. But because of the way I did it, I think I developed, like, kind of a thick skin towards being embarrassed and, like, struggling with stuff and being uncomfortable in those situations. Where like I just understand now that that's part of a process, and I think because I did it that way, I didn't like necessarily improve in the most efficient way, but I, but I improved much faster than other people normally would just because I had the willingness to like keep pushing myself that hard.
0: If you could do it again, would you would you have done it the way you did, where you did every single style, or would you have done it the more slow and steady way?
1: You know, that's, that's honestly like a really good question. Um, I wouldn't say that I would have like, I would have done it any differently because I'm pretty happy with where I'm at now, but I I wish I knew like how dance progression worked before. Cause then that would have helped me learn how to improve more efficiently.
2: And going to those advanced classes is like diving into the deep end, right? Because yeah, I'm sure the choreo is very. I mean, one thing that I noticed because I think I went into one advanced dance class while I was in New York. Mostly, I stuck with the beginner and intermediates, but mm-hmm. they have longer choreo. The choreo tends to be more about like I guess isolations and and like moving your body in a in different parts of your body that, in a certain way, and and these are tend to be harder things for beginners to digest because at its core, dance is made up of these fundamental principles, right? And
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think experienced dancers, like, they, they can look at a choreo and dissect the most important parts to remember instead of getting caught up in the details, right? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, I guess... If you I guess you dove into the deep end, but how did you end up learning the fundamentals if you didn't really go the traditional route?
1: Well, it's just like even in advanced stuff, there's elements of foundationals and like foundations and fundamentals in them, right, so you kind of just learn that little by little the hard way, <laughs> and um now that I've had quarantine to. Uh, that gives me like space to and free time to like do what I want with it. I've been revisiting fundamentals that I've already seen in elements like as elements of more advanced choreo and just like really getting it down so that I have like a stronger base to work off and improve on.
0: And before you were talking about how learning to dance is kind of like learning a new language, and before we hopped on the podcast when we were just talking, we did talk about languages. And so you learn French in high school. But then yeah. you also want to learn even more languages. Yeah. Which I think is insane um, because maybe I'm just awful at learning languages, but I feel like I could barely hang on to one extra language.
1: You know what? I I'm I'm really curious. Um what what do you guys what would you define as like success for you guys? Especially for you Richard because I think you're already like very close to what people would call successful. So like what do you think um you would have to do in your life to like make you successful or what would it take for you to be happy?
0: If we're talking about happiness, I think happiness is something that happens in the present. So it's not something that you find in the future. I think
2: for my end, success is very abstract. Uh, I think every one of us wants to land a good job and maintain like, really have a really good friend, network of friends. But I think for me, the most important component of success is not necessarily your job. Uh, Not even your friends, but I think if you have a grand project that you're working on in life, generally that will steer you onto the right direction. And that's very abstract, but I feel like every every successful person that I know or I look up to has some sort of grand project going on. And that could Mm -hmm. take the form of, you know, they're really passionate about comedy and on the weekends they'll go do a stand-up comedy or something like that or they're really passionate about building a podcast. Uh, So they go ahead and do that, like kind of what (laughs) I'm trying to do. (laughs) So So, I think for me, happiness is all about, or like success is a lot about what you're driven to do, what inspires you. So that grand project that makes you look up to a person, that to me is success.
0: And on the flip side of that, actually now that I'm thinking about it, Warren Buffett has a really good quote. So in beyond just your career and your projects like what richard was talking about he defines success as how many of the people in your life who you want to love you actually love you
1: oh yeah i've read that quote too. yeah
0: and actually i think that's a really pretty quote and i think that's a pretty good marker for how well you've done just how well you formed human connections with the people who matter to you
1: Hmm. yeah so hmm. going off of that um that's kind of how I see learning languages I think um there's it there's so much value in like learning this um this way that to connect with somebody from like a completely separate culture as you and and it kind of goes with like what you're talking about with the Warren Buffett quote and it's like it's a way for you to like develop more intimate human relationships right Um, I think there's just so much beauty in language learning. And I honestly think it's kind of a shame that, um, in like, in like the way society around here works, you know, um, it's not really seen as like a priority at all. And, um, you guys have all like seen in, in high school, um, language classes are always kind of seen like. As that, that, like, class that you can just fuck around in or, you know, um, like, take not as seriously. And I, I mean, okay, like, I'm not, like, don't feel bad about that because I was, like, that kid before too. But there's just, like, so much potential in it that that's, like, lost. Because people don't really see how much value there is in learning a language. And um, for me... Success has always just been like how much I can accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. It really has nothing to do with career or um, or money at all. So like that's why um, I for me I think I would consider it successful if I could just uh, find a way to travel to other countries. Um, learn languages and dance because I like those things and I want to get better at all of them right
2: it sounds to me like you really value people and experiences right
1: I think that just comes off of you know what I'm not even gonna like give you a straight answer for that because I don't even know like I don't even know why I value that I just think It's a lot better than like, um, you know, like getting a a well-paying job because, you know, in life, that's all that's all you really want. Right. Like you just want to feel loved. You just want to feel like you can connect with people and you want to have like memories that you can smile upon when you like think back to them.
0: And does that tie together to the job that you've been thinking about in your head, which is teaching English in foreign countries? So you'd be able to combine all of these things?
1: Yeah. I mean, part of that is also because um, the the career that I'm headed towards right now is plant biology. And that career has honestly, like, pretty ass job. <laughs> career <laughs> prospects. <laughs> but, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all part of it. They're all part of it. <laughs> I'm just very, like, open to um, expanding opportunities in general.
2: And you mentioned... Okay, so you want to teach English. So was that something in the back
1: of your mind? Or did that just come up pretty spontaneously? Hell no. That was, like, not in my mind at all. I was just, like... <laughs> I was just, like, thinking about, you know, like... with this With this major... I I have, like, a chance to end up unhappy in life. And you don't want that, right? And then um, when I think of, like, teaching English abroad, that's not really something that I ever thought of as a career. I just thought of, like, oh, like, that's, like, a thing white people do to go to other countries. (laughs) But then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm fluent in English. Why don't I just do that, you know? And I I think... That's like a, there's like a, open mindedness, um, that I have, in terms of just like, uh, considering anything that, that might be viable for my life, that I feel like a lot of, people um, that like grew up in our situation don't really have, like for example I, I, <laughs> I watched um, Catch Me If You Can. And I, I, for real, like, considered becoming an airline pilot. Like, in the middle of college. I watched this in the middle of my first year of college. I watched the movie. It, I don't. If you haven't watched it, it's basically about Leonardo DiCaprio. And he's, like, a fraud expert. And part of the movie, he becomes an airline pilot. And I actually considered it because I was like, you know what? Being a pilot doesn't sound too bad, you know? Like, you get to fly to different places. You get to, like, meet a bunch of people um and i like for real after that movie i went to google and i searched up like how much it costs to become a pilot like how long would it take to get certified and like i was like you know what i could actually just drop out of college and just do this and then like within a year i could be flying a plane (laughs) those pilots don't have college degrees yeah no you don't need one but do you need perfect vision um <clears throat> they they did not mention that in their requirements i think if you wanted to be um so if you wanted to be a pilot for the air force then you would need i think it's like um they definitely would prefer perfect vision and you're not allowed to wear contacts so like you have a good chance of being rejected if you don't have perfect vision But I think for a standard airline pilot, you don't need to have perfect vision.
0: Oh, and that way you'd also be able to travel the world and dance in different places.
1: I don't know about dancing, but you could like fly planes.
2: But speaking of dancing, I've heard there's this profession, like there are choreographers that travel the world and teach workshops at Japan, China, and that seems like the dream, right? Is that... yeah. um,
1: no, I consider that, too. Oh, and really? I, ju- I, I mean, I just consider, like, an ongoing goal, you know? Like, because I want to get really good at dance, too. Like, I, I honestly treat it not as a hobby, but more of, like, a career <laughs> with how much I practice it. But um, it, it's, like, one of those goals that it's, like, I'm going to treat it like it's a realistic goal and I can achieve it. But I'm not expecting it to work out, you know, because there there are people who have made it in my situation, like they didn't really know how to dance before they were like in college and then they just kind of had enough natural talent or they got good enough and they managed to pull it off and like they can actually do that as a career.
0: But you don't have to be super amazing to teach fifth graders or eighth graders how to dance, right?
1: Oh, um, yeah, but I don't want to teach like little kids how to dance. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like I mean, I, I feel like when you're when you're like doing when you're dancing and when like you're teaching class, like you want it, you want like good energy to be there, like you want it to be lit, you know. <laughs> Not fifth grade. Energy. I'm sorry, like I like working with kids, but like the, those kids aren't gonna make it lit for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to clarify, you're, you you learn like urban or slash hip-hop
2: right or yeah what style is it you know
1: it's kind of weird because like um recently the community has like this thing where they wanted to like stop calling it urban dance okay apparently there's like there's like racial undertones that like make it bad um so yeah it's it's like hip-hop slash choreo that's what i learned and i've been trying to like learn more of other foundations too
2: Hmm. do you watch those dance videos on youtube of like i don't know famous choreographers oh um, hell
1: yeah i do <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah I hanagami
2: did. uh i don't know people like like i i think you mentioned that you used to i don't know if you still do but you like to take these online classes like from steezy or you like to watch their videos
1: yeah yeah
2: do, do you still do that to learn yeah, like, actually I'm, different... I'm
1: going to take one tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Is it live? Um I have taken Instagram live classes which are live. The STEEZY ones are it's just on video, but I I try to like take it like it's live so that um I don't like like wait and like practice something until I get it perfect and then move on. I would prefer to just like learn it like a real class and then I go back and clean it around, you know.
0: Is learning gotcha. dance a creative experience for you? Is there a lot of room for self-expression in it?
1: Um, that is something that I've been trying to get better at because, you know, we were talking about like the way I learned dance. That That's one of the bad things about how I went about learning dance. It's like normally with how you would go about learning foundations and stuff it would um it would give you the freedom or not the freedom it would like just give you the skills to be uh, better at freestyling which is something that i'm not very good at because i was learning like strictly choreo um but for now it hasn't really been like a super creative process like, I, I learn, <clears throat> like, I like freestyling, and I feel like I kind of just do it naturally anytime, like, uh, there's a song I like that's playing. But, um, I just feel like I have so much to work on in terms of like foundations, um, that I don't really focus on the creative aspect yet.
0: But even when you are doing choreo, are there different interpretations of the same dance? So let's say you do a choreo and you're technically perfect. But how do you differentiate between different dancers? Do, does each dancer put his or her own feeling and emotion and interpretation to it? Or is it like doing more like doing math where there is a, a set way of doing it and then you get to an answer at the end?
1: Yeah it's definitely up for your own interpretation and I think something that I struggled with at first was that I would approach it like doing math like I would learn something and I would like try to get it perfect in every single way or like I would set a goal for myself and it would be like to learn this choreo that's way too hard for me and like I'm like I don't care I'm gonna like take it slow and like drill it and like get it perfectly but that's really not what dance is about um so yeah i would say it's dance should be up to your interpretation
0: and richard when you were in new york you totally danced every night right
2: so i didn't dance every night but the way it worked is i got like a a monthly pass so i could go in to any class And they had two classes every weekday, so I would, for the most part, I would go to both classes. And yeah, I would dance maybe every other day, not necessarily every day.
1: Did you make a lot of friends doing that?
2: So the thing is, like, if you go into it without any other friends, I would say it's a little harder to make friends because I don't know, people go there for different reasons. Uh, some mm-hmm. people like to go with their their friend, and they end up just sticking with their friends, and it's kind of awkward. But at the same time, if you go up and say hi to someone, it's really they're really friendly. So I made a couple friends there, but for the most mm-hmm. part, <clears throat> I went there alone, so not as much as I would like to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: but it's easier to but- make friends there than at J.P. Morgan, right? Where you worked over the summer (laughs) while you were dancing?
2: Ooh, I guess, uh, you know, I think that at the beginning of class and at the end of class is the prime time when to make friends because at the beginning, Mm -hmm. everyone's just settling in warming up and people are usually very receptive and they're like, yeah, Hey, what's up? What have you been up to? So, The problem is that there's very little time at the beginning, at the end, because as soon as 830 hits, which is the time when they started the choreo and the class, you know, there's no more talking. Basically, it's just straight up lesson, straight class. And, you know, but the thing with JP Morgan is there's a lot more downtime. Like during lunch, you have an entire hour to just socialize. So in my opinion, it was easier to make friends at JP than than class. But, you know, different people make different friends in different Environments, so for me personally, it was just a little bit harder.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, yeah. um, like one of the big, I guess, like one of the the things that got me to train super hard in college was actually um when I went to like that dance studio in Shanghai. I ended up um, like just socializing with a couple people after the class, like how you said. Um, and one of those people, she was, she was a choreographer, right? She was the teacher of the class and she actually was from Arcadia and, and she was teaching in Shanghai and she came from Arcadia and then, and then I found out she was actually from UCR too. And she (laughs) was the former dance captain of that team that I wanted to get into. What? She, she, she was what? the one who showed me that team. I didn't know about that team before it. So then because um, I met her in China, I knew about, um, like, they would that team would host a bunch of, like, free workshops all throughout um, summer and through through college. So when I got back to um, America, then I, w- I would, like, drive out to UCR to take workshops with that team. And I I had no way of knowing it without, like, taking that class in Shanghai and then, like, somehow meeting her and, like, talking to her after the class. And then, like, we found that connection.
2: Whoa. Small world. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, I initially
0: thought the story happened the other way, where after the team rejected you, then you met an old team
1: captain in Shanghai. Oh, okay. No. (laughs) And...
2: You were just hanging out in Shanghai or was your family there on vacation? How did you oh yeah, there? yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so my Yeah, I was staying with my family in Shanghai. Um and we we would like we would like a uh, vacation to and explore like different tourist sites in China. And mm-hmm. then um that that time where I trained really hard at the dance studio, it was like this four-day period where um, we didn't have anything planned. It was just like the time before I had to leave. So it was like four days where like I had nothing scheduled. So then I, I found the opportunity to do that. Wow.
0: Going back to when you're learning the choreography and there is a very specific set of moves that you do in order with the music. So oh I am still curious, where is the room for interpretation? Within that art you,
1: form. It's, it's whatever you want it to be. Honestly, like um, maybe some people they just want to like play around with the styles. Like you can accent certain moves, and, like make it really powerful, or you can just like chill it out. Um, or like I have I have a friend who who works with the the studio in in Whittier. It's like a really big studio, but he he freestyles a lot, a lot. So he'll he'll interpret like the whole choreo like um like you know it's just like the choreo is basically just this planned set of moves right he's a freestyler he likes doing what he wants so he'll like follow like the baseline like these are the moves you do at these times so he can just be like okay i like this one so i'm gonna keep it and then this one he's like i don't like this move i'm just gonna find my own thing to do during it (laughs) that's like that's like your own interpretation. And speaking of the process of freestyling,
2: like, I always admire people who can just come up with choreography on the spot. They can just freestyle and they look so good. And you mentioned that you kind of struggle in that area because of the way you've learned rather than the fundamentals Mm -hmm. you tackled choreography. So when you're freestyling, how do you come up with moves on the spot? Do you have go-to, like moves or do you groove and then try to how do you you know balance between layers and what do you do what's your approach
1: um so you know what i think um freestyling is something that's like it's it's like um something that people overcomplicate because they see all these like crazy dancers who've been training for so long that they can like come up with crazy moves on the spot right but really it's not that complicated um and it's just like on uh, like anybody can do it um it's just a matter of like how complex you want it right because what you can basically do is like you learn like three or four foundational moves and then you just put on a song and like You start doing it in whatever order you feel and like maybe you'll switch it up and like add something different or, um, you know, repeat it here or like transition it into something else over there. But that's still freestyle, even if it's really basic, right? Because you didn't plan out any of it. You're just like doing it however it feels. So with songs that you can groove to like hip hop or whatever, I, I basically I just learned a couple of foundational moves. And then um, I just put on a song, and I just start doing it however I feel like it. And then there's like a couple, like a little bit of freestyling that I just learned from, you know, doing so much choreo. And um, for there's like uh, how do I say like some sometimes people freestyle to like really simpy music, um, or, you know, like like simpy Daniel music? Caesar or whatever simpy music.
2: What it's, like, like very,
1: very like, acoustic-sounding. Um, you know, like, Khalid. Sa- sad Boy music. Yeah, Sad Boy music. Mellow. Um, th- those ones are kind of hard because normally with freestyle, you can just, like, um, work on, a like, a specific dance foundation and build on it from there. But, like, when I see people freestyle to those songs, I don't really see, like, a foundation. It's just, like... It's, like, their own movements, right? So for those ones, I just, like, watch some of my friends do it, like their old Instagram clips. And then I'll just do my best to feel it out, and then I record myself and I watch it. And, like, you might look dumb, and, like, you might feel like you're not getting anywhere with it, but you are. It's just the progress is slow. Recording yourself dance...
0: Is that like recording yourself singing or recording yourself talking? Because I yeah, know most people like, hate um, the sound of their own voice. Most people When you, hate like, the sound practice trombone, singing.
1: you know, like, you guys pl- play trombone, I play trumpet. When you practice music, you would, like, record it and listen back to it, right? Like, if you were serious about <laughs> it, you know? <laughs> I, clearly, we were not. <laughs> no, I, I, like, you didn't do that before auditions? No, I did record from time to time, but then I would always immediately delete it because of how awful I I know, like, you would hate it. I'm not saying I record myself and I (laughs) like it. Like, (laughs) occasionally, like, (laughs) um, okay, actually, I've, I've actually recently hit a point where like, like a dance check mark where like, sometimes when I see myself doing choreo, I'm like, oh, like, I look good. So like, I feel like that's like a new point because before then I would always like cringe at watching myself dance. But it's the same thing. Like it, even if you don't like it, it helps you to like see it. You know. I've always wondered people who make movies
0: and they edit it together and everything. I wonder if the entire movie is this to them, where they're just where they're just <laughs> thinking, "Oh my god, this is so bad! <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I can't believe I did that there." The entire two-hour-long movie. I wonder if it's the same process <laughs> for them.
2: I I feel like it would be because they in the back of their minds they. When they're creating the movie, they're directing it, there's so many possibilities and roads you can go down. And uh-huh. you look back on it and you're like, wow, this scene was terrible. Could have used <laughs> a different environment. I could have swapped the actor for some much better looking actor. I I'm sure. Okay. But that's way too much. <laughs> yeah. But like I bet people do look at their own flaws and 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 really just overblow them.
1: No, I mean like um artists, like music artists do it too. There's like artists who like they like they say like I I hate this song <laughs> like I cringe when I listen to it and it's like their number one hit or something. <laughs> I I bet like
2: that was Rebecca Rebecca Black's Friday. Song. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And looping it all the way back around, Jerry. Your- When you say that you're an introvert, that's my first time discovering it today because my entire time knowing you, since sixth grade, really, I've always thought of you as this super, super extroverted guy where you go up to people and be like, hey, bro, how many push-ups can you do? Let's do it right now, bro. Amen. Okay, no, no,
1: no. That wasn't like extrovert. That was just like me not being fully mature in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just didn't have the social awareness yet.
2: And speaking of... uh, Earlier, you mentioned that when you approached these girls, you did it in the gym, right? So were you working out?
1: No, no, I didn't... Wait, about college?
2: I thought you said that uh, you... You saw someone cute in the gym, and you went up to them and said, you know, your spiel. No? That
1: wasn't the gym? Um, there was one girl that was cute that I talked to in the gym, but I... Like she was cute, oh. but I really just wanted to know her stretching techniques and her. her <laughs> <stretching> techniques. Like, <laughs> I I even added her on Facebook, and she sent me her workout. <laughs> no. Oh wow. Um, the, oh, I, the. I I thought the, you. Are are you a regular at the gym though? Yeah, I am. I, I. Stu- I like. I like. Bring all my homework to the gym, just so it's like more convenient <laughs> to have like workout breaks. Are you serious? Yeah, or because um, it's like we have like a rec center, so it's like a pretty big complex. Yeah, I thought you did a deadlift
2: and then in between sets, sit on the ground and and write
1: your (laughs) physics assignment or whatever. Nah, so like they they have like um, there's like it's like split in two halves, and one half is like your traditional gym and like there's like a pool there and everything, the other half. Sorry. Um. The other half has, like, um. It has like a basketball court and like a rock climbing wall and um, like rooms that you can basically practice dancing. And they also have like, uh, like a conference table just for people who want to work and sit. So like, I like bring my homework and do it there. And then, who knows? I could like go for a swim break or like do some stretches or dance. You know.
0: Do you also do? lifting stuff so with dumbbells and all that
1: no i i used to lift um like very obsessively in high school but i had to stop because of just how much um how much i was dancing and like exercising in general um because like i i low-key have like an issue with my weight which is not that i'm too heavy but it's that i'm too light it's like i straight up just like don't feel like eating food a lot so when i was like training dance a lot in college i kind of like hit this certain point where (laughs) like it would take like stupid long for my muscles to fully recover and i was pretty sure it was just because like i was doing so much cardio and so much exercise that like my body just like couldn't keep up so now now instead of doing weights I work on like flexibility and then you would work on like um, your flex, your like muscle conditioning for flexibility because what happens is like you, you train your like muscles to like stretch more. Right. But the thing is like your muscle is like not used to stretching that much. So you didn't develop muscles to like allow you to like actively move that far. So you have to like condition your muscles to gain that strength. And honestly, after I started taking flexibility seriously, that shit is harder than weightlifting, to be honest.
2: Whoa. Well, like, doing the splits? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean stretching? Yeah. you mean that
0: the splits thing they do
1: in Taekwondo? Um, well, yeah, right now I'm working on the splits. Um, but it's just like... Okay, for example... Oh, yeah. So, for example, something I've been working on is um, active strength wrist flexibility. Which is because I want to learn tutting, which is like dancing with making shapes with your like hands and your wrists, right? So, <laughs> so something I struggled with was um, because I did so much weightlifting before college, my wrists were like super tight and like not flexible. Because like when you're developing muscles, you're like also tightening it. So if you're not like working on flexibility while developing muscles, you're like losing mobility. So um this is my wrist, right? So, um, <laughs> this is how how much flexibility I have. You see, like, there's, like, a right angle here? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I- I've been, like, working on this, like, for a long, long time. Like, for four months. Okay? So, before I started training it, this was, like, how far I could bend it by myself. Because <laughs> Because of how tight it was from, like... Oh, it's that, harder like,
2: than... Putting your hand up at a right angle is harder than... Wait, My harder.
1: I'm not even close to a right angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because... because, But then, like, look. Like, look, okay, this is how far I can bend it, but statically, it can reach this far, right? Yeah. So that, that means the issue isn't, like, your flexibility. It's, like, you never develop the, the wrist muscles that would help you, like, move through all, this entire range. It's called, like, active range mobility. So you have like static mobility all the way here, but your muscles can only push you this far because like you never Mm. conditioned it to like reach that far, you know?
0: So how do you condition it?
1: So, so like what I do is like, I just put it against the wall and then you just, um, it's like here, right? Um, and then you just try to hold it in this position and like you flex it as hard as you can. If you try it, it's going to hurt a lot. Like, I bet you. The first time I did this, it was so painful. (laughs) Yeah, I'm literally at a 60%
0: 60 degree angle right now.
1: Yeah, no, no, Dennis, like, I dare you, like, push your wrist up against the wall. And then, like, when you slowly pull it away, like, flex your wrist as hard as you can to, like, keep it from moving. And then I hold that for a minute, like, three sets. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and it hurts a lot oh wow <laughs>
2: yeah that's terrible wait wait patrick yeah. we went to the gym or we've met each other at the gym or ran into yeah each other multiple, gym we do you ever other. do you ever stretch before your workout <laughs> i have never stretched
1: in <laughs> my life me neither i've never stretched before a workout yeah, wow, like flexibility should. is hella slipped on. No, I I do a one hour stretching um, routine every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, what the heck? I've always wondered. But oh, oh you you know what you mm-hmm. should do? You should Google horse stance and try to hold that. You'll you'll know. Oh what I'm no! I <laughs> no Jerry, where you learn? Where'd you, you, learn your, where'd you get your before? flexing routine? Your flexibility routine, <laughs> dude. I i've gone through so many iterations and it's like like i always would like i would like make them myself or like find things and like adapt it to what i thought was good but like there were so many times where like i wasn't doing it with the right technique or like i had like a wrong idea and it held me back for so long held you back like you wouldn't see improvement yeah um so like for example i've I've been trying to get the splits since January of my senior year in high school. So it's been almost a year and a half. I've been consistently stretching since that point to try and get the splits. And like there were a lot of things that I was like doing wrong just because I didn't want to pay attention to detail or like I just wanted to feel like I had progress even though I wasn't making progress. So, like, for instance, when you stretch your hamstring, it's really, really important that you um, you you keep your hips squared. And I, I wasn't doing that properly. So then what happened was, like, I kind of plateaued at, like, around four inches from the ground. And, like, I wouldn't improve. So then when I started taking it seriously, I, I, I had to, like, you know actually put in effort to keep my hips squared when I was doing the splits. And it's, like, all my progress just went down the bin. And I had to, like, restart back from, like, this high off the ground and then, like, slowly wait, make my way down again. So now, because, um, like, I, I had to, like, I completely, like, revamped my stretching routine. Um, I think around a month before the start of quarantine, and I'm – about to hit the splits like finally after one year and like eight months or some shit i i'm last time last time i did it so i had a rest day yesterday and i'm about to um do like a hard stretch again and last time i did it i was like literally like two inches off the ground i'm so close i'm when i get it i'm actually gonna make an instagram post bragging.
0: yeah you gotta let us know when you
1: finally (laughs) do the splits. Yeah, it's like a milestone mm-hmm. for a guy. No, actually, yeah, it's like naturally harder for dudes to attain flexibility too, and then yeah, like junk. Yeah, and then and then add upon that, I had like two years of intense weightlifting that like reduced my flexibility. <laughs> That's the funny thing. <laughs> I I
2: think it's so funny how you can be the most ripped person in the world, but. You might have the worst flexibility because your muscles are so stiff. Yeah. And there's no room to even stretch them anymore. So you should stretch before every workout, right?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, heard I also. Oh yeah, go on.
1: I actually, I've injured myself not stretching before, like I take dance classes. I I strained a groin muscle, which is like. <laughs> Dude, that is not fun. <laughs> like for real, it was so painful.
0: Oh dear. A growing um, muscle. There's a muscle. Yeah.
1: There. What? Yeah. It's like um, you know, like the the cross <laughs> section between like your inner thigh and your nuts. That's where you're. Oh groin my gosh, is. that and that I I strained it and it was the most oh painful thing ever. I couldn't I couldn't run. I couldn't like climb. I, be and you know the the worst part was that in my dorm, our dorm had a loft and my bed was on a loft. So I had to like no. climb a set of stairs to get up there and like no. I actually could not do it because I strained my groin. Bro, <laughs> I,
2: I am clutching my balls right now because I am experiencing if vicariously through you. It's terrible. <laughs> just the just the yeah. thought of it.
1: it so not painful.
2: fun. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah lesson is to stretch before each workout i heard also it's good to stretch after to cool down whatever it is but whatever i guess like lesson is don't stretch your groin muscle uh, and you can avoid it if you stretch before every workout yes yeah
0: i think this is a pretty solid stopping point
2: yeah we can wrap it up okay
0: yeah I'll do the outro since I did the intro. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you're interested in our stuff, you can catch us on Instagram, it's overpod. Or if you would like to shoot us an email, our email is it's real at gmail.com. So Jerry, thank you for coming on, man.
1: Oh, thank you guys.
0: And one tradition that we always hold is we always end the podcast with all of us saying at the same time, it's over. Okay. All right. So let's do that. So I'll count down. Three, two, one. It's over. It's It's over. It's over.